message this morning is the power of problems, and it comes from Luke, um, uh, Romans chapter 5, Romans chapter 5, verse 1, let me read it to you. It says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing his God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. I love these first two verses of Romans chapter 5. It gives you the picture of believers in Christ today, right here, as we think about all that's happening, as we pray for so many needs, we can still declare and we can still believe that we are standing in a place of undeserved privilege. We are standing upon the promises of God today. We're standing upon the love of God today. We're standing upon His mercy and His grace today. We're standing in a place of undeserved privilege. And nothing that we go through changes that. Nothing that we face can push us off of that. Through every circumstance, through every trial, through every problem, through every sickness that we pray for, through every family member that we intercede for, what never changes is our position, is our stance. That's the difference between us and the world. Paul says that we grieve, we grieve deeply. When somebody dies, when somebody passes away, it doesn't mean that we walk around and, oh, I'm standing in privilege, we're whistling today. No, we still grieve. But Paul says we don't grieve like the world grieves. The world grieves without hope. You and I, we grieve with hope. That never changes. That never goes away. So my heart breaks. And I know, I know Jeremy, his heart's broken. That's why, you know, sometimes it's hard for us to, to pray and sing when we know people are hurting. Sometimes for me, I know it's not everybody, for me and some other people, we can't help but cry. But even in our tears, even in our pain for others, what does not change is the undeserved privilege that we stand upon. We are still standing right now, right here, upon God's grace and upon His mercy. And we confidently, listen to what Paul's saying, we confidently and we joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. You better believe it. You better believe we're looking forward. Are you looking forward today? Are your eyes forward? Are you looking forward 
to where, where the place where Jesus has created, he's, he's preparing a place for us that where he is will be also. Are you looking forward to that? Are you looking forward to being in the presence of God for all eternity? Are you looking forward to the place where the Bible declares when you go there, there you'll never shed a tear. You'll never worry. You'll never doubt. You'll never be sick again. You'll never be worried again. You'll never be frustrated again. Are you looking forward? I have to tell you, you I know most of you understand, the believers that were reading this book really lived that out. Because these believers were being persecuted. They were being martyred. Their homes were being taken from them. They were really dealing with tough times, and yet also were confident and were joyful, not in, our, not in their circumstances, but they were joyful in that they were looking forward to what they had. I have this already. And yes, there's something else that we're going to, to receive when we get into heaven, but we also have it now. Paul says the Holy Spirit is a deposit of what we will have in heaven. The Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing what we're going to receive in heaven. Today, you and I are standing in undeserved privilege. So when our hearts break, that they be saved. We can still stand upon the promises of God because we're looking forward to what He will do and how He will help us and how is going to work in our life. Now, let me just quickly share with you some thoughts. Because it is, it's not easy. You know, obviously, always, it's easier said than done. Always. Absolutely. And for the believers in Rome, these new believers, they were battling a mindset that you and I battle. We battle this mindset. And let me explain it to you. We have to be able to defend our faith. And I don't know if you've ever been questioned about the Old Testament. The Old Testament can be very difficult to read at times. If you read the whole Old Testament, it's not always easy. New Testament is like, oh, okay, this makes sense. I get it. I understand. The Old Testament is like, oh, I don't know. This is, this is really difficult. And we got to be able to defend our faith. And so I want to explain some things from the Old Testament, and I want to explain why these believers needed to read these and receive these verses that Paul was giving to them and why you and I need to receive them. It begins with the goal God gave in the very beginning. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, this is what God told Adam, but he was telling all mankind. Genesis 1, 28 says, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. God's goal to us to us was to enjoy life. That's what God gave to us. What a, what a blessing. When I read that verse, I'm like, wow, this is wonderful. I want that. I want to be fruitful. I want to enjoy life. I want to subdue it. I want to fill the earth. Just like you fill the earth, Lord, I want to do that. This is great. And that's what God did for them. God made everything and it was good. And God wanted man to enjoy and dominate this earth. God made, gave mankind the ability to do that. Not only did he want them to do that, but God gave them the ability to do that. God created mankind 
the rule. That's what he gave us. He gave us the ability to conquer. He gave us the ability to rule this world. But of course, you and I both know we sin. Adam sinned. He brought sin into this world. And sin brought a curse upon us, brought a curse upon this world. And everything began to change. And everything wasn't lovely fruitful, fulfilling, and joyful. Everything kind of changed. But what didn't change was man's desire and man's ability to dominate. What God gave, He gave that to us. And man still retained it. So man still had the ability to dominate, but now they're dominating with a sinful nature. Now their nature is no longer Godly or sinful. We were born, we are born into sin. That's why you don't have to teach your kids to say no. Kids will automatically learn that all on their own. They'll, they'll learn to say no. They'll learn to hit another kid. They'll learn to disobey you. They, they, they can do that all on their own. What are we doing as parents? No, don't, don't hit another kid. Learn to listen to me. We, we have to teach them. Our nature is sinful. And so what has continued to happen throughout our lifetime, what is happening now in this world, is man is trying to still dominate. They're still trying to dominate, and they're still trying to subdue, and they're still trying to rule, but without love, without God's help. Sin came into this world, and it messed everything up. So now God, he had a plan. He had a plan of salvation. His plan was to send His only begotten Son. And He was going to send His only begotten Son through a nation, Israel. He was going to give birth to a nation, and this nation was going to give birth to the Messiah. That's how, that was His plan. So what did God tell Israel to do? The same thing He was telling them to do in Genesis 1.20. I want you to subdue the land. I want you to go conquer the land. So what did, when you read the Old Testament, what was happening in the Old Testament? There was war. There was fighting. And who, and who was doing that fighting? And who was involved in the war? God's people. God's people were involved in the war. They were involved in the fighting. Why? Because God wanted them to dominate, to take the land. If you read the promise God gave Abraham, it wasn't just a promise of a child. It wasn't just a promise of having a generation of children, but it was a promise of land. And so in the Old Testament, people were fighting each other for what? For land. They were trying to dominate each other. And God told his people, I want you to, this is the land and this is how you're going to do it. You're going to go in there and you're going to dominate them. You're going you're to take over this land through this is, this is just not an easy subject to talk about. It's not that easy to understand. But what we have to receive is this. The reason why God told his people to go in there to conquer them is because he's dealing with people now. Read the Old Testament. He said the time that these people have become so evil, they have become so anti-God, they have murdered, they have lived a lifestyle of Suffering. They have lived a, a selfish life. 
And now I'm going to send my people in there to, to be the symbol of punishment. They had brought punishment upon themselves. And so God sent them into the land to conquer these evil nations, to remove them so that they could make that land truly God's land. Sin in the Old Testament was a disease without a cure. We've got to understand this. Why would God, when you read the Bible, read it, read the Old Testament, God would tell his people, you're going to go in there and you're going to wipe them all out. Keep wiping them out. And so, God sent them in there to wipe them all out because it was a disease. We go in and, you know, it happens to my wife. She has cancer. What do they have to do? They have to remove all of that cancer. You don't leave it behind because it's just going to come back and it's going to take your life. If you're going to deal with cancer, you remove it all. Sin was a disease that did not have a cure. And so God said you had to remove it all. And so God gave his people the ability to dominate and to remove the sin from the land. And so as generation after generation, what was taking place is that they became stronger and more powerful. You read the story of David, what's happening with David. I mean, David was a godly king, and God gave him victory after victory. You take land after land. You, you're, you're, you're raising up your kingdom, and you're establishing God's kingdom, and you are becoming powerful. You're dominating the land. And if you have problems in the Old Testament, if you had a problem in the Old Testament, then you had a problem because you were disobeying God. Read the Old Testament. If you begin to disobey the Lord, if you begin to break my commandments, your fields aren't going to produce crops. If you begin to, if you begin to uh, forsake my commandments, if you begin to worship other gods, sickness is going to come. In the Old Testament, it was black and white. If you had a problem, if you had a trial, you must have been breaking the law of God. So here, here, so this was the mindset of the people. If you had a problem, if you had a trial, you needed to get that fixed. If you had to deal with sin, you had to get that removed. But then Jesus came. Jesus came and he changed it all. Jesus came and he set the captive free. Jesus came, and I've always said this, Jesus' death was the last needed death on this earth. The last required death of God was the death of Christ. After Christ's death, God no longer told people, I want you to rise up. I want you to rise up as an army, and I want you to go fight and kill people. He never did that. If you look at world history, and some of you know, some people will have problems with the church. Why? Because what was the church doing in the turn of the century, the 800s, the 900s? They were they had armies, and they were going out and they were fighting for Jesus, and they were killing people. That wasn't issued by God. It was issued by man. God has since Christ's death. He's never asked anybody else to stand in life. Jesus' death was the last needed death. Things began to transform. Things began to change 
Things were no longer the same. And thanks be to God that they were no longer the same. And so one of the things that you had to deal with, that Paul was dealing with, was this mindset of problems and trials. Again, understand this from an Old Testament perspective. You were, if you were following God, guess what? You were victorious. You didn't have problems. You didn't have trials. You were the head and not the tail. You were conquering people. You were being conquered. But then Jesus came, and he changed the goal. Remember the goal that he, the goal in the Old Testament was land. They were fighting for land so that the Messiah could be born from this nation in this land. When Jesus came, he changed the goal. You and I aren't fighting for land anymore. Here in America. We're not fighting for land. We're not fighting anybody anymore. Jesus now said to his disciples, Go into all the world and make disciples. Make friends. Don't make enemies, make friends. Create opportunities to love people. Create opportunities to give to people. No, 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 no. Put the swords down. Remember Peter? He wanted that sword. And Jesus said, no, we're done with the swords. We're done with fighting. We're done with punishing people. In the Old Testament, God's people were used as instruments of punishment. Now, remember, when we talk about God's judgment, I preached this about a month and a half ago. This, this is another difficult issue people deal with. What's the judgment of God? It's called the judgment of God, but God never initiated it. When a doctor's doing surgery on you, you can't get mad at the doctor. The doctor's helping you. He's healing you. And yes, it's difficult. And yes, it's cutting away. And yes, it's removing. And yes, it's, it's difficult. But he's bringing you back to life. And so God's people had a different goal now. We have a different goal in mind. So things were beginning to change. And one of the things Paul wanted them to see that was changing, whereas in the Old Testament, if you had a problem, you had a trial, if somebody was attacking you, well, you you now attack, you def- first of all, you defend yourself. Then you attack them and you take their land. If somebody is coming against you, you rise up and you go after them because you are the head and not the tail. So this was the mindset in the Old Testament. Now Paul is saying something different. He's saying now you can find hope and you can find strength in your trials. And he clearly, Paul clearly states this. Trials can produce good things in our life. He wanted them to know this because it was a, it was a shift of a mindset. Trials are now useful. And they've always been useful to God. God has always used our problems, our difficulties. He's always used them. If you read the Old Testament, you know, Daniel, prime example, many times. Do you remember him? His three friends, remember? Took his ring away. Many times, you know, they were put in a difficult trial, in a problem, and it was through that trial, it was through that problem that God would reveal his power and God would reveal his glory. And then those that were ungodly around them would say, wow, your God is God. We're going to worship him now. So God has always used those times of trial. But the mindset of the Old Testament was 
And generally speaking, you're going to have to have use for me. I'm going to have use for Christ. I'm going to have use for providence. And I want to tell you, you know, again, so this, this is what we battle with. What we battle with is that we want to still be victorious in everything. And I'm right there with you, wanting that. I want to be victorious. I, I want to, you know, I want everything to be good at home. I want everything, to, I, I want my, I want Alexander to be healthy. I, I want all my relationships to be good. I want everything to go right. I want that. You want, you pray for that. I pray for that. I pray over my, I say, God, protect my wife. I'm not always there for her, but say, God, would you watch over her? God, keep her in good health. I pray, I pray that too. And we, we want these things, and, and that's not a bad thing to want. Those are bad things to pray for. And what we have to understand is that Jesus began to change things. He told his disciples, you're going to have problems. You're going to have difficulties. But don't worry, I have overcome the world. And here's the main, one of the main reasons why we can shift our thinking away from the natural. It's because now we can put our focus, the verses that I just shared with you in the very beginning, I can look to the future. I can look beyond it. Now, understand this. In the Old Testament, what was the goal? Get the land. What was the, I should say, what was the reward? The reward was land. You got land. If you went and fought, God was going to help you win. And you were going to get land. Now in the New Testament, not only is the goal changed, but so is the reward. The reward is now changed. Now, what do we receive? Do we receive land? Do we, do we receive health? Do we receive financial gain? That's what they got in the Old Testament. They got gold. They got silver. They would conquer people. They got their gold. They got their silver. Remember, if they obeyed, if they obeyed God, they wouldn't get to, they wouldn't have to do this. Read the Bible, read the Old Testament. God would watch over them. What's our reward now? The ultimate reward. Being in God's presence. Salvation. What are we standing upon right now? Am I standing upon the realities that I've got victory after victory, everything's perfect in my life? No, I'm standing upon the reality that I've been forgiven, that God has forgiven me, that He has cleared me of punishment. He has, he has washed me of guilt and shame. He has gotten rid of the sins. What was bringing about the judgment of God was sin. That's what was bringing the judgment of God. But now Jesus died on the cross for me. I am forgiven of my sin. Now I have life, eternal peace. Now I can look forward. I can look beyond this earth. I can look beyond my problems. I can look beyond my circumstances. I can look beyond what I'm dealing with. My five senses will be tricked. They'll play tricks with me. I'll think, man, this is going to last forever. I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I can go through this anymore. I don't know if I can do this anymore. I don't know if I can handle this anymore. I don't know if I can deal with life anymore. How in the world can a sinner 
days, waking up knowing that their daughter, their granddaughter was in a, in a incubator. They could see some nothing was going to happen. And now today they're talking about what is going to be next for her. How, how did you deal with that? How did you go through that? Second Corinthians 4.17 told the Corinthians, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. We have to put our eyes on the Lord. And when Paul says light and momentary, you know, Paul was being very kind because Paul was stoned. I believe he was stoned to death. I believe he died because he talks about going to the third heaven. Paul was stoned. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. You know, so his light and momentary trials, well, that's light and momentary. Whew, I know nothing. But the point is, is that Paul is commanding us that through the Word of God, through the Spirit of God, that we fix our eyes on what is seen, but on what is unseen. We, we, we are looking forward. We're looking ahead. We go through these circumstances knowing that they are temporary. Knowing that they are achieving for us something that's greater than what we are experiencing now. We're going to pray for the Catholic Church. And we're going to pray for the peace of God in the Reformed family. We're going to pray, and we're going to be there for them. We're going to, whatever they need, we're going to be there. Now, as they're gathering through on, on Friday, they are there on Memorial Day. You know, so many things happen. So many people who are, you know, going through the difficulties of life. How do you keep waking up every day? How do you keep going forward? It's because Jesus he is the goal. We keep our eyes fixed on the Lord. We keep our eyes fixed on His love. We keep our eyes fixed on His mercy. We keep our eyes fixed on His truth. We keep our eyes fixed on what we believe. And we stand in an undeserved place with passion. I'm standing on an undeserved. I don't deserve this. I don't deserve heaven. I don't deserve His love. I don't deserve His truth. But He's given it to me. I'm going to hold on to it, and I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to keep marching forward. I'm going to keep serving. I'm going to keep praising Him. I'm going to keep worshiping Him. Another verse that I love is James, the brother of Jesus, wrote and said, James chapter 1, verse 2, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. There are all sorts of trials. There's many trials. Some of the trials that we go through, we inflict them upon ourselves. There's other trials that people do to us. James is saying there's all sorts of trials. But I want you to know you can consider it all a joy. Why? Because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. What do we need perseverance for? Because we're running a race, because we're moving forward, and I need 
I need to keep my eyes on the Lord. And sometimes it's hard because I keep looking over here at this problem. I keep looking over here at the economy. And I keep looking over here at this hatred. I keep looking over here at this sickness. And I keep going over here and I hear about this family. I need to persevere. I need to keep moving forward. God needs to keep helping us. There's trials of many
this, but that you can know peace uh, that goes beyond understanding. You can know joy unspeakable. You can know life everlasting. You can be saved. You can be redeemed. You can be restored. You can be new again. You can know God. We're here to give the best news on this planet. We have a we have a world filled with people. What are they doing? They're trying to dominate each other. They're trying to dominate one another. They try to subdue each other. And that's happening all around the world. God has given us the ability to share the good news. We can stand on His goodness today and let the good news pass through us. We have so much to pray about. Sing the song of 